Texas, one of the most prominent states in the United States, with its impact felt in many facets of American culture, initially a Spanish colony, a province in Mexico before briefly becoming an independent nation itself. But another area where the history has influenced Texas is the strong military culture that the state possesses. You see, throughout the majority of its history, Texas has often had to fight for their freedom and Texan military culture is deeply embedded in what makes Texas the Lone Star State, defined by many famous battles, some of which have been mystified in recent years. These iconic historical events were not just limited to the land, as Texas also has a long history connected to naval warfare. In fact, the history of several discontinued warships still lives on in Texas as several ships actually remain within the state abandoned, falling into decay, each with a long story to tell about their long and diligent service. This begs the question though, what happened to these abandoned warships that led to them just laying dormant in Texan waters? Today we discover the history of Texas's abandoned military ships. I'm your host Ryan Sokash and you're watching It's History. <laughs> Today, we will discover the lost battleships of Texas. But first, let me tell you about my newly found status as a lord and how it all worked out. Established Titles is a project based on a historic Scottish custom where landowners are referred to as lords and ladies. We allow people to buy as little as one square foot of dedicated land so that people can call themselves a lord or lady. We plant a tree with every order and work with the global charities, One Tree Planted and trees for the future to support global reforestation efforts. Title packs give you at least one square foot of dedicated land on a private estate in Edelston, Scotland, and an official certificate with a crest. Your certificate features a unique plot number, which with you can see the exact location of your land. This offer makes a great last minute gift for your loved ones, especially with Father's Day right around the corner. We even have couple packs that come with adjoining plots of land, but it gets better. Established titles told me that the first 200 people to purchase a title pack using my link will effectively be next to my own plot. Imagine it, our humble YouTube community can become a real life noble kingdom. We can even go as far as officially changing our name titles to Lord and Lady on credit cards, plane tickets, etc. Heck, you can even get it on your dating profiles. Our offer makes a fantastic last minute gift. Established Titles is running a massive Father's Day sale. Plus, if you use the code It's History, you'll get an additional 10% off. So go to establishedtitles.com slash it's history to get your gifts now and help support the channel. My ladies and lords, it's time to discover the lost battleships of Texas. To lay the groundwork, we need to cover the Texan military history and culture, some of which you might actually remember from previous videos. Texas has a long and illustrious military culture that stems from its history as a Mexican province, an independent nation, and then an American state. The land that would become Texas was initially inhabited by a few Native American tribes, such as the Caddo people, and the name of Texas would actually come from the Caddo word for 
friendly or ally. But Texas as we know it today would come to fruition when the Spanish conquistadors explored the region in 1528 and started building settlements over the next two centuries. In fact, many of the first buildings constructed in Texas were Spanish military forts alongside missions, chapels, and churches as the Spanish aimed to defend their land as well as spread Catholicism. The first large settlement was San Antonio, which started off as a Spanish military base but still stands today as one of the largest and most prominent cities in the state. After the United States of America became an independent nation following the Revolutionary War against Great Britain, many Americans immigrated to Texas, and this increased even more once the U.S. purchased the Louisiana Territory, as the U.S. and Texas now shared a direct border, eventually leading to the creation of a unique Texan culture with a blend of influences from the American South, the pre-existing Native Americans, and the Spanish population who had themselves been developing their own distinct community and longed for independence from Spain. Then, in 1821, Mexico would emerge victorious after a decade-long war of independence against the Spanish Empire, who were declining in power. With Mexico as a sovereign nation, Texas stood as one of the largest provinces in the northeast of the young country. The result of the lengthy and devastating war with Spain left the nation in ruin, and this translated into to chaos on the political scene. Texas, which had already been fostering their own autonomy, became disillusioned with the central government in Mexico City, which they viewed as both tyrannical and incompetent. So, in 1836, Texas declared independence and thus began their quest to secure freedom through necessary conflict. After a relatively short war, which featured famous battles like the Siege of the Alamo, the Texans, who were all descendants of soldiers, frontiersmen, and hunters fended off the Mexican military and won their independence. After a decade of sovereignty, economic strife, an unstable border, and the constant threat of another war with Mexico, Texas voted to be annexed by the U.S., to which it became an American territory in 1846, and then eventually a state. Right at the same time, Texas found itself in the middle of another conflict, the Mexican-American War, where thousands of Texans fought their old enemy yet again, but this time as citizens of America. The war would end with a resounding victory for the U.S., with Mexico completely relinquishing their claim to Texas, as well as other territories in the now American Southwest. Only a decade and a half later, Texas would participate in yet another conflict, this time in the American Civil War, as the nation tore itself apart over the issue of slavery, states' rights, and long, deep-seated tension. The cause for war was controversial in Texas with many disagreeing, but in the end, Texas would join on the side of the Confederacy. Texan troops were some of the most effective troops in the entire Confederate Army, and ultimately, Texas would be the only Confederate state who were able to successfully defend themselves against Union invasion, only surrendering following the Southern defeat at the Appomattox Courthouse, which spelled the end of the breakaway nation. As Texas was readmitted into the Union and resumed its role as an American state, 
the military culture would remain an integral part of Texan life. Some famous generals or military leaders in American history hailed from Texas, such as Dwight D. Eisenhower, Chester Nimitz, Edwin Walker, Oliver North, among many others. Some recent war heroes, such as Marcus Ludrell and Chris Kyle, are also from the Lone Star State. Outside of these prominent figures, many Texans have served in the U.S. Armed Forces and specifically Texas military forces have fought in every major American conflict going back as far as the Mexican-American War. In fact, in the War of Terror following the September 11th terrorist attacks, more Texas military units have deployed overseas than from any other American state. The history of Texas's military culture can be seen in countless museums, historic battle sites, as well as personal accounts from those Texans who saw combat with their own eyes. However, one unique area where the legacy of Texan military culture can be clearly seen is the seas off the coast of the state where the remains of several prominent warships lie dormant. So, in order to get a more holistic view of this phenomenon, let's take a look at three of the most prominent warships which remain abandoned in Texan waters. The first warship we will have a look at is the famous battleship named after the Lone Star State, the USS Texas. There are actually at least four ships by the name of USS Texas, with the other three being the first American battleship ever commissioned, which served in the Spanish-American War in the late 1890s, and two newer ships from recent years, a Virginia-class missile cruiser and a Virginia-class nuclear submarine. However, for the purpose of this video, when it comes to inactive ships left in Texas, we will be looking at the famous battleship Texas that served in both World War I and World War II, and was historic for many other reasons as well. Construction for USS Texas began in December of 1910, when the Newport News Shipbuilding Company accepted the contract to build one of two New York-class battleships. Without its armor and armaments, the Texas ended up costing just under $6 million to build. The battleship got its name because it was sponsored by a woman named Miss Claudia Leon, who was the daughter of Colonel Cicel Leon, a Republican National Committee man from Texas. Together, they decided to name the ship after their beloved state. On May the 18th, 1912, the battleship Texas was launched, and with Captain Albert W. Grant in command, she was then commissioned on March the 12th, 1914. Upon the Texas's commission, she was fitted with 10 14-inch 45 caliber Mark I guns as the main battery that fired 1,400-pound armor-piercing shells with a 13-mile range. The Texas first saw action as the U.S. entered World War I. In April of 1917, the battleship was tasked with protecting the American merchant vessel, the Mongolia, from German U-boats. The Texas even fired the first ever American shot of the war, fending off the deadly German submarines. This was a vital mission as numerous American merchant ships were mercilessly sunk by German U-boats in a policy that was dubbed unrestricted submarine warfare. This act was actually one of the motivating factors behind the U.S. entry into the war. Throughout the rest of the Great War, 
the Texas served with the Grand Fleet, protecting many convoys in the North Sea, with the whole fleet operating out of several bases in Scotland. By 1927, long after World War I ended in victory for the US and the Entente powers, the battleship Texas was due for a few improvements. The Newport News Shipbuilding Company operated on the ship again, switching her from coal to oil boilers, among other renovations. Unfortunately, the relative peace ended almost a decade later with the outbreak of World War II after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. The U.S. was dragged into the global conflict by 1941. The Texas was re-entered into service and resumed its role, protecting convoys, this time standing vigil over convoys crossing the Atlantic before reaching Allied ports in Morocco, Gibraltar, and all over the United Kingdom. In 1944, the battleship Texas would participate in one of the most crucial and iconic moments of the Second World War. The ship bore witness to the famous D-Day invasion, playing a pivotal role as gun support for the Allied troops storming the beaches of Normandy, France. Overall, the battleship Texas was actually the last battleship to be used in both the First World War and the Second World War. Despite this, the Texas was also a ship of many firsts. In 1914, when the ship was commissioned, she was the most powerful weapon of the war in the world and served as a marker of the growing U.S. naval, geopolitical, and economic power. Furthermore, the Texas was also the first American battleship with mounted anti-aircraft guns, and it was the first to use range keepers and directors to control gunfire. These machines were actually precursors to what the first computers were based on. Additionally, the Texas became the first American battleship to launch an aircraft. Then, after the interwar period and the start of World War II, the Texas received the U.S. Navy's first commercial radar in 1939. The USS Texas is actually a very specific type of battleship called a dreadnought. This certain type of battleship is characterized by steam engines and particularly large caliber armaments. Dreadnoughts were very prevalent in the early 20th century, specifically during World War I, but they faded in prominence after the Great War concluded, and by the end of the Second World War, dreadnoughts were completely discontinued by navies across the world, as battleships themselves became obsolete. Battleships used to rule the waves, but they eventually became outdated because they ended up becoming large and slow targets for smaller and far less expensive weapons, such as torpedoes, mines, fighter planes, and guided missiles. In fact, the USS Texas is the last of its type in existence to this day. The ship's impressive list of barriers broken would not end there, as after she was decommissioned in 1948, she would become the first battleship to be turned into a memorial museum later that same year. The Texas would remain as a museum ship until recently, although the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department gained stewardship of the ship as it grew severely out of repair over the passing decades. 
She remained moored until she was moved to Todd Shipyards in Gavinston, Texas, and because of its old age, she was in constant need of repairs, causing the museum to close on multiple occasions. However, the 100th anniversary of the battleship Texas was celebrated in 2014 with a huge ceremony featuring all of the surviving members of the former crew. The constant repairs are not the only consequence of the ship's old age, as the Texas has also been the location of many ghost sightings and stories, with some claiming that the battleship is haunted. Recently, there have even been ghost tours of the ship, specifically exploring the ship and trying to find the paranormal activity that occurs there. The claims of supernatural occurrences are very mysterious yet intriguing. For example, some people have heard strange voices and echoes of sailors barking orders and screaming as if they were still engaged in combat. The most prominent case is the common sighting of a friendly ghost known as the red-headed sailor. Described as a young man dressed in a very old uniform who was sometimes seen happily wandering the halls with a jolly smile on his face. Believers speculate that he is the ghost of a former sailor who enjoyed serving on the battleship Texas in his youth. As a museum, the Texas currently resides at the San Jacinto Battleground State Historic Site. Unfortunately, the past few years have not been kind to the Texas as declining visits, ticket sales, and even more necessary repairs has led to gridlock between plans on how to improve the ship and bring it back to its former glory. As a result, the museum has been closed and the ship has remained dormant since 2019, with the only people still wandering its halls being the alleged ghosts. The SS Selma is another ship that resides in Texan waters, though the story of how it got there is much different. The Selma was actually built during the First World War just as the conflict was coming to a close. The entire project itself was an experiment. Because the country was mobilized to assist the war effort, there was a shortage of steel. As a result, the US Navy decided to build a dozen ships out of concrete, with the Selma being the largest of them. Built by FF Lay & Company in Mobile, Alabama, the Selma weighed 7,500 tons, measured 434 feet long and was 54 feet wide. It required a 2,800 horsepower engine, giving it a top speed of 12 miles per hour. What made this ship particularly unique, however, was the hull, which was made completely out of concrete reinforced by steel bars. The concrete-clad vessel was originally intended to be a warship and was slated for service in the war, but in a case of historical coincidence, the Selma was launched on June 28, 1919, the same day that Germany signed the Treaty of Versailles, officially ending World War I. The Selma never got to see combat. After the war, the US military saw a period of mass demobilization and the Navy sold the Selma to a company on the Gulf Coast where the ship was repurposed into an oil tanker where she transported oil across the region. After only a year into its new job, the Selma would encounter heartbreak after she accidentally crashed into a jetty while trying to dock in Tampico, Mexico, leaving a massive 60-foot-long crack in the hull unfortunately forcing the ship out of service forever. The Selma was partially repaired for short trips, but was sent to Gavelston, Texas to be fully repaired and fit for service again. 
However, the ship's experimental design did not work in her favor, as none of the engineers at the shipyard knew how to fix a concrete ship, nor did they have the tools to do so. As a result, the Selma sat dormant in the harbor for nearly two years, before the company decided to scrap the oil tanker. So in March of 1922, a little over 100 years ago, the Selma was intentionally sunk into a channel off the coast of Pelican Island, Texas. Even to this day, however, the ship is still visible as large parts of it protrude out of the water. Although the Selma was really unable to complete its task as an oil tanker for long, the ship has actually become very useful for many other reasons since its sinking. The ship has become an iconic staple of Galveston Harbor, and many have planned to use the site for various events or activities. An example of this was during the Prohibition era. As alcohol was banned across the country, many people tried to smuggle illegal liquor into the country through the Gulf of Mexico specifically into Gavelston. After a major sting operation confiscated over 11,000 bottles of liquor from smugglers, the wreck of the Selma was used as a site to destroy the contraband, with the Selma engine actually being used to smash all the bottles. Towards the end of the century, in 1992, the ship was bought by a man named Pat Daniels, a retired newspaper editor who worked for several prominent newspapers. Daniels made it his mission to chronicle the Selma's journey through history and make sure it was not forgotten and lost to time. Due to work and advocacy, many organizations have already recognized the ship, such as the Texas Historical Commission, the Texas Antiquities Committee, and the National Register of Historic Places. The Texas Army National Guard even marked the Selma as their official flagship. Elsewhere, the Selma has become a valuable scientific research site as the wreckage is often used to study the effects of sea storms on concrete and other materials. The USS Westfield is another ship left abandoned off the coast of Texas, though this ship is much older than the others we have talked about so far. Originally, it was built in 1861 as a civilian ferry boat in New York City that belonged to Cornelius Vanderbilt, and it weighed 882 tons measured 215 feet long and was 35 feet wide. At the start of the Civil War, as the country rapidly mobilized for conflict, the boat was bought by the US Navy. The innocent ferry boat was then repurposed into a side-wheel inshore gunboat. Upon purchase by the Navy, she was fitted with a 100-pound parrot rifle, one 9-inch Dahlgren smoothbore, and four 8-9 Dahlgren smoothbores. Now called the USS Westfield, the ship was then commissioned by the Navy in early 1862 and was immediately sent into combat. The first action this gunboat saw was during the April campaign, a push by the Union to capture New Orleans and then open up the Mississippi River. Afterwards, the Westfield then provided support for the mortar schooner Flotilla on the river near Vicksburg. In the summer of that year, the Westfield participated in the blockade of Texas as the Union entered the War of Attrition strategy meant to bleed out the Confederacy. The gunboat then played a vital role in the capture of Galveston and then served as the flagship of the Northern Naval Force Task with patrolling the Texas region. Though the Westfield would encounter a crisis on New Year's Day of 1863 when the ship accidentally ran aground and was unable to be dislodged. The nearby Confederate 
Confederate troops staged an attack on the grounded ship, so in order to stop the enemy from capturing the valuable gunboat, the crew chose to blow up the Westfield. Unfortunately, the captain of the Westfield, Commodore William B. Ranshaw, and some of the crewmates were killed in the blast after the explosion did not go off initially. After the explosion, the Westfield then receded into the water, where it has remained ever since. One year after it sunk, the Confederate Navy was able to salvage some of the metal from the Westfield and use it to make gun barrels, but beyond that, the ship stayed relatively undisturbed for decades. Despite being completely underwater for over a century and a half, it still remains an important historical site that should not be forgotten. In 2014, an excavation was able to retrieve the 10,000-pound 9-inch cannon from the gunboat, alongside several other relics, such as cannonballs from that gun. Then to honor the ship, a recent exhibit was opened in the Texas City Museum, which features many artifacts and historical accounts of the USS Westfield. Just like any other piece of Texas's military history, such as the remnants of the Alamo or the field where the Battle of San Jacinto occurred, these warships, which now lay in the waters off the coast, serve as a marker of both the illustrious history of Texas's armed forces and the corresponding Texan military culture. From battleships that went from the coast of Normandy to becoming a museum, to experimental concrete warships, to Civil War era gunboats that were intentionally sunk, Texas contains numerous warships that symbolize more than just their own individual history. A history that we will continue to explore. So hit that subscribe button not to miss new episodes every Thursday and Saturday. Until next time, this is Ryan Sokash signing off.